What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Rolls Podcast, and with me, as always, it's the Dr. Frankenstein to mine, Frankenstein's monster. It's Jake. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. I'm feeling pretty spooky for Halloween. I know. What a day, huh? It's a beautiful yeah, day outside. Beautiful Halloween day. It's not here. It is windy and terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I took, I mean, I took like a two mile walk this morning and it was like around 50 degrees. It was a little chilly, but this is my element. I like the cooler weather. Yeah. I went on a run this morning and I had Popeye's yesterday and I've just not stopped using the bathroom. And so like the run, like I got like a mile and a half out away from home and I'm just like, this is, this is a bad idea. I had to stop and walk. And that was like cool enough on my belly that I was able to walk home. That's funny. (laughs) Glad you didn't uh, have an accident there. Yeah, been like, well, that way I could, if I would have, I would have just taken a picture and been like, this is what 30 miles of running looks like. And, it's, you know, <laughs> I could just have posted that and, right. you know, knowing that it was only two miles and I pooped myself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, folks, hope everyone's having a delightfully spooky day, week, when, you know, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. But we will hop into our news now. Casey, I think you've got one or two more, so take it away. Okay, so the first thing that I saw is that we're getting a Doom 2, which really, Dune, not Doom, which should, you know, not surprise anybody. I guess that did such a huge number, you know, huge numbers in general, so it shouldn't be too shocking. So that's pretty cool. Did you watch it yet? Nope. I, I plan to eventually, but it's not one I had to run out there and see immediately. Yeah, I I just had no interest. Like I tried watching the original a few times and I was just like, this is too weird. And this one just looks like it's going to be even weirder. So I don't know. I love it watching was, everybody make fun of it. Like, yeah. And it's people that liked it, but they say it's just a lot of like music and people turning and looking into the <laughs> wind, you know? Yeah, I, I saw someone, I think it might have been Kevin McGuire on Twitter. He's like... I went and he's like, I saw Dune the way it was meant to on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, let's see here. Speaking of spooky stuff, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino will be launching a new horror book in 2022. It's called the bone orchard mythos. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a six-issue series that Lemire promises will be the most ambitious thing that he and I have done together. It's going to be put out by Image, and it's going to be part of their... Uh, Image is going to do a big like 30th anniversary extravaganza, and it's going to be part of that. Nice. That, that sounds pretty cool. Like I was just thinking while you're bringing this up, it's like, has Andre Sorrentino ever worked with Scott Snyder? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. It'd, it'd be pretty cool because it seems like you know he works mostly with Jeff Lemire, and then like Scott works a lot with Francisco Francavilla, and like they need to do like a swap, like a horror swap. And I would be all about that. Either like either way, I'm going to be reading this book, so it doesn't matter. But I'm like, man, that'd be pretty cool just to see like the you know that Yankee swap, I guess. <laughs> right. Do like a special one shot of witches or American Vampire. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Okay, so we're getting a new Ghost Rider series. Uh, it's going to be written by Benjamin Percy and Corey Smith. Uh, is going to be on the art. Johnny Blaze is Ghost Rider in this, so I don't know 
you know, where Robbie is or anything that's going on that way, but it should be pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. I love tell you where Robbie is on the back burner because fans prefer Johnny blaze. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the same, like, which it's kind of dumb though. Cause the picture, like the picture that's on the cover, Johnny blaze, he's on a motorbike, but he's not on a Johnny blaze motorbike. He's on a Danny catch motorbike. Cause Danny catch had the coolest dang motorbikes. It's like, that's the problem with, that's the problem with Robbie. It's like, Robbie looks cool, but he's driving a car. Those can only be so cool. Right. I don't disagree, man. And, uh, Danny's that was like second series in the nineties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like Johnny was like a, the typical nineties guy. He had a ponytail, he had a trench coat and he had guns. Just like <laughs> nomad. And I don't know anyone else during that time. Yep. All right. Well, I think a lot of my, well, I won't say a lot. Many of my customers will be very excited for that series. A lot of I'm people, for sure checking it out. Uh, a lot of people will like go over their poll to make sure it's up to date, and they're always like, "Keep Ghost Rider on just in case." <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, so apparently, Bill Murray is going to have a role in Ant Man Three or Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, whatever it's called. So that's exciting for those uh, Bill Murray fans out there. Yeah, I think it'd be funny if he was just uh, Paul Rudd's Ant-Man. Like, since they're doing time travel stuff, if, like, jumps forward, like, you know, Wasp jumps forward in time, and then he's just like, oh, hey, I'm Ant-Man. And then, like, oh, that's crazy. And he has to be Ant-Man for a little bit, and he just, then he just goes back. It's like, oh, yeah, we just used Bill Murray for five minutes. Well, I hope he's Garfield. <laughs> just i hope but like they don't use cg they just like strip them naked and they paint them suit oh or what about like the new cats movie style but with bill Ooh, murray that would be that'd be wonderful the furries would go nuts i mean honestly even they hated cats so i doubt it true all right. Oh, speaking of furries, I watched a YouTube video on Ken Penders today. I meant to send you, but I didn't. <laughs> I'm sure that was entertaining. <laughs> it was pretty awful. Um, so Screen Rant has rumored uh, new Marvel movies in development. So they kind of like release this. It's Screen Rant. So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, but I figured it'd be interesting anyway. So we're supposedly going to get Thunderbolts, uh, Nova, Shang-Chi 2, and World War Hulk all part of phase five and then fantastic force already been confirmed. So it's like, I could see thunderbolts happening. Nova's still like, in my opinion, hard for them to do. I think shang is going to happen no matter. And I don't think world war Hulk's happening at all. I mean, they already screwed up that setup. So yeah, <laughs> I think it would be pretty dumb if they did that, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, you don't want to see Nova and after knowing what they've done with Thor, I don't blame you. I I want to see it if it was done right, which is a silly thing to say, but you know what I mean. I mean, you've talked, though, about, oh, they can't do World War Hulk. They can't really do Nova because the Nova core has been ruined from that first Guardians movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, what are we going to do? Soldiers that a uh, movie about a soldier that flies a ship with no powers. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fair thunderbolts i could see happening and that would be cool because 
Thunderbolts 2 could be a totally different team. Yeah. The only downside to like a Thunderbolts movie and with it working, because it's like I always hear Tony Guerrero talk about Thunderbolts when it first happened being one of the coolest things. And it's like you're not going to get that with these movies because they're going to I mean, they're already kind of, you know, talking it like kind of like leading you to believe it's going to happen with um, Florence Pugh's black uh, white widow, black widow character, you know, and then like probably going to get a uh, U.S. agent and all those type of guys like to be. The, the this team and it's like yeah that's really cool but i don't see that uh panning out too well as far as you know them actually kind of like doing a cool build-up like it was in the comic books that's true and dude that issue of thunderbolts uh they first appeared in uh i think it was hulk right i have no idea pretty sure it was hulk yeah, it was Hulk. Uh, but anyway, it was like, it's still such a big deal. Like, P, I think like Raw, that's still easily a $100 book. Wow. Um, but anyway, I still think it'd be neat to see it, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, Moving on. So Marvel is going to be launching Savage Spider-Man, which is going to be a spinoff of Nonstop Spider-Man. Because Marvel just, and you know, I know they're not the only ones that do it, but they just can't help themselves when it comes to five issues and then relaunching at number one. It's going to be still written by Joe Kelly, um, but instead of the artist that was on it, whose name I'm blanking on, it will be drawn by Gerardo Sandoval. So, you know, if you guys liked nonstop, check out Savage. Yeah, I won't. I did not like nonstop. I tried one issue and that was it. Yeah, I read one and it was okay, uh, but it wasn't good enough for me to like keep reading it. The art was cool, yeah. but all right. So um, James Wan said the trench movie would have actually been a Black Manta movie. It's because like someone asked him, they're like, "Hey, uh, would you ever do a Black Manta movie for like HBO Max?" And he's like, "Well, actually, this trench movie would have been that." And it's like, well, why keep it a secret? Because that's way more interesting than a trench movie. And my only guess is Jeff Johns, who was head of, the, you know, was like the head of the things at the time, was like, no, I'll make more money if we call it the trench. So that's my only like only thing that makes any sense to me because no one's gonna get hyped about the trench, even if it is done by James Wan, you know, like a more horror type movie. That's not gonna be a thing that's gonna get people hyped. Black Mantle, what a. I agree. I think like that would have had uh, the same effect as like uh, John Carter, right? Mm-hmm. You do, you do like warlord of Mars way more people are going to see that as opposed to John Carter. Same thing with black Manta versus the trench. Yeah. <clears throat> Even though John Carter, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. I always liked it. Okay. And then, um, Sony uh, apparently Sony's got some leakage issues. They need a they need a plumber bad because they've like possible costume leaks have happened. So you get we've seen like if you look online, you can find Tommy McGuire's costume, Andrew Garfield's costume, and uh, Tom's costume, and then also Green Goblin's costume. It, the Green Goblin one looks pretty cool. It looks like a nice update to the original and the other two are still pretty much like Andrew Garfield's is still like 
I think it was uh, Amazing Spider-Man number two. And then Tony McGuire's is still the perfect costume that he's, you know, he had from the beginning. So that's pretty exciting. I hope, I hope that it actually happens. Cause like, just for Marvel's sake, if Toby and Andrew aren't in this, it's gonna, <laughs> it's, it's just gonna like ruin them. They'll be burned down to the ground. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know. Like, I want to be excited for it, man, but I just don't know anymore. You know, like who, yeah. who's who's to know? <laughs> I mean, the third Spider-Man movie has never been good. Like the third, you know, I mean, like Spider-Man three with Toby, they did too much and it was bad. Amazing Spider-Man three, so bad it didn't even get made. So this one might not be very good at all time will tell yeah all right my final bit of news marvel has teased iron fist no more um and so yeah basically michael yg i don't i mean it's just capital y capital g so i don't know if that stands for something and Alyssa Wong will be debuting a new Iron Fist in February. Um, you and I both read that last miniseries, Heart of the Dragon, where Danny gives up being the Iron Fist. And now in a new five-issue miniseries, a new hero will take his place. Um, and, you know, comic book fans are known for accepting change. I'm sure it's, sure it's going to go over very well. You already know I'm not happy about it, even if it doesn't last. Because um, I feel like I got to wait so long in between series and this last one I didn't care for. So it's like I had to wait extra long and now they're just getting rid of them. So we'll see. Apparently, Danny is still going to like play a part in it. Um, I, I don't know what all he's going to do, but they said he will be in it to some capacity, like investigating something or other. So we'll see. Of course, I'm going to read it because I like to complain about things, but maybe it will be good. But the uh, they showed the cover for the first issue, and it looks like that potentially, and I don't know for sure because there's a mask on it, but I think they're going to be an Asian character. And I wonder if any of that stupid backlash from the live action show had anything to do with that decision, or if this was totally organic. I think a big part of it is, and that's one thing that's kind of funny, like was kind of hilarious because first off, like I'm actually kind of excited about this. I think Iron Fist is one of those characters that can work like Wolverine or Batman where you can have more than one. I'm worried that people are talking on Twitter about how, oh, we're, they're just going to retire Iron Fist, you know, Danny, the character. And I don't want that to happen. But like I said, I think Iron Fist as a whole can work as like multiple Iron Fists. Like we can have, you know, I mean, it's fist, you know, just put an S at the end. But the thing that like was funny though, is like people were talking like, oh man, they're making him an Asian character. That's great. You're, you're correcting the wrongs of the Netflix series. And then one person goes like, yeah, but the Himalayan representation that they would be actually taking from is very 
whoa, like, look at this character. He's not Himalayan at all. He's not matching my people. Like I'm Himalayan and they're not, they're not doing anything for me, even though that's where the, he would have been from. It's just like, it's like, wow, you guys are having to get more and more specific. <laughs> the more and more you try to self-correct, like soon it's going to be like, oh, he wasn't born these years specifically that, you know, would have worked and I don't like it. And we're, you know, all five of us are going to get very upset with you. Yeah, now be careful. Marvel's going to put out a Marvel Voices for all their Himalayan characters. Yeah. So, because, yeah, that's that's so, like, I I mean, I get it. Like, they also just want more Asian representation. That's one thing that you can kind of tell they're trying to strive more for. Because, like, that Marvel Voices book that I got, it was pretty barren on the uh, Asian characters. <laughs> so, Dude, it's like. They have like, plenty, though. I'm not saying that more is a bad thing at all. But yeah. it's like, just do something with the ones you have. Like, see, they tried this whole new agents of Atlas movement and then just like dropped everything. Yeah. Well, it's part of the problem, I think, too, is like they I mean, even though their editor is, you know, Japanese, they <laughs> the only only writer that really uh, like for the longest time that was writing Asian characters was Greg Pak. He was the only one. Everyone else was doing, you know, what character was popular at the time. Greg Pak was actually trying to, you know, like he made the Agents of Atlas characters and all the, you know, a lot of those stuff. I mean, so it's like, yeah, without him, you wouldn't have half of this, mm-hmm. this stuff. So it's like, I think now since they're actually hiring more Asian people, it's going to they're actually they're, they're going to actually start writing these characters that's my assumption we shall see the thing like just going back to this specific instance i don't like iron fists as much as wolverines because i think it takes away the the fun myth of one person has to go and beat you know uh yeah what's his well, name shulao the undying yeah and there there was also talks too though that because i remember reading the plot synopsis and it's kind of like danny's trying to figure out who this dude is and there shouldn't be an iron fist right now after the last series because you know the dragon's back in the egg or whatever and it's like so this power could be coming from a different source so you know i mean if that's the case then it's fine but also give Danny his power back. (laughs) Like, and I know that Marvel really cares what I, Jake Dilly thinks, but it's like, dude, I'm reading three characters from your entire lineup. Please don't take away one of them. (laughs) Oh, but it's whatever. I mean, Marvel has, uh, you know, ruined, plenty of our favorites you know i'll say collectively our favorites so but i'm still gonna read it and you know if it's good then i'll say it's good i have no no trouble being wrong about that i i hope it is i mean because you didn't really like the larry hama one i enjoyed it but it did feel more like an event and then the one before that the series before that where it was by the dude that did spider-man no no it was the one the one after the one before that one where it was by the guy that made spider-man rain and he did the art for it too. Oh, Kari Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. That one was just terrible. So I'm hoping this one's going to be, it's like, it goes good, terrible, good. Okay. Good. That's what I'm yeah. hoping. Man, that Ed Brisson one was fantastic. It was so much fun. It was just stupid <laughs> fun. 
Okay, right. so my next bit of news is another comic book thing. Tom King and Elsa Chariter are working on a creator-owned book together. And this kind of sucks because I really like Elsa, but I do not like Tom King, so I will not be checking it out. What, what has she done? She's done like I didn't like she's done random little books here and there, but then she's also just I follow her on social medias because different creators liked her stuff. And like she's done like I know she's a Harley Quinn book for a little bit and like some other stuff there, but I don't think I've read anything that she's done proper, but her art style gives me Darwin vibes and it's really good. And oh, and she she did that Kickstarter where if she got so many so much money, she'd uh get like her uh chip zadarsky to write a like what was it? like one of the stretch goals was like chip and her would do a like smut book together <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> but yeah so they're gonna be doing a, a creator own book together i'm um, you know it's it's a disappointment i'm not gonna be able to get a elsa book but whatever and then my last bit of news michael b jordan's val zod hbo max project has got uh, Darnell Metier and Josh Peters as writers. They like most recently they worked on the Transformers Rise of the Beast movies, but like when I was looking at their credits, they don't have a lot. Like, I think they might have just punched up that script, so they might not have, you know, been overly involved as far as like the main script writing. But that's really the main thing I saw on their thing, so let's hope they're good. Yeah, I do too. I don't want any of this stuff to be bad. <laughs> no. And this one could be a lot of fun. And it's also not, it hasn't been really said yet if um, Val is going to be played by Michael B or not. It seems like, and I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on him, but it seems like he likes to be in the projects that he's like overseeing. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if, he was like, yeah, I'm going to be Valzad and static. Cause he's producing both. <laughs> and so like he's pretending to be like the high schooler static while also being Valzad in the other movie. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that that rumor of him being static isn't true as much as I, I like him. He's I, just too he, old. He even said, it's not true. He's like, I'm not doing that. I'm okay. too old for that. Oh gosh. I'm so excited for static and that animated milestone movie. I hope both are awesome same dude <clears throat> okay i believe that is the end of the news so uh, we'll take our ad break and then we'll be back and talk some comics all righty folks welcome back thanks for listening to our ad or if you want to hear casey call out some lady some fake athlete lady on instagram go check out our youtube page a fake lead, as we call them yeah as of right now <laughs> and that is at our youtube channel which is just two worlds podcast on youtube but anyway casey let's talk about some comics i'm gonna i'm not starting the timer but i will be prepping the timer so that we don't forget what's the timer for this week well this week casey it is the hour man one hour 60 minute spooktacular showdown nice <laughs> <laughs> what comics did you read so i read swamp swamp dogs house of crows i want to say swamp house of crow dogs <laughs> <laughs> a 
Adventure Man, uh, number six. Wolverine, number 17. The Amazing Spider-Man, number 77. Chew, number nine. Daredevil, number 35. Aquaman, two of six. Aquaman the Becoming, two of six. Running out of lap space. Being ridiculous. Okay, uh, DC versus Vampires, one of 12. Task Force Z, number one. Robin, number seven. Wonder Girl, number four. And Batman, the Long Halloween special. What about you, dude? And we are going to be real close on our hour this week. There was a lot of books. I know. Um, But yes, I read Wonder Girl, uh, DC versus Vampires, Task Force Z, Robin, Detective Comics, Aquaman the Becoming, Batman Long Halloween Special, Cross to Bear, Hellboy Silver Lantern Club, Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target, and Moon Knight. Nice, man. So, did you read more? Or about the same? I read 11 books. Okay, and I read... Well, so I'll start. Counting's hard. I know. Okay, so I'll start. I'll go with uh, Swamp Dogs, House of Crows, or Swamp House of Crows Dogs. And this is by J.M. Brandt and Theo Prasidis, and um, illustrated by Kimber Ball. And so first, I'm just going to start, even though we don't have a lot of time, I'm going to start by reading the uh, what I read on scoutcomics.com. This is their short shorter synopsis than i read jake before we started uh they came from the swamp the scummiest squad of confederate soldiers brought back to life by powerful voodoo magic they crave power carnage and female flesh they are the swamp dogs so i was like that sounds interesting they're the bad guys and we get you know they're they're fighting people and the colors in it pretty good francisco francavelia vibes digging it the book itself is um Starts off with the, the the Confederate, you know, Confederate guys being killed. And then it goes to a party and this one girl seduces this other girl in bed. And then they just end up screwing. And then it ends with some zombies. But we don't get much. It's like I was just reading this. I was like, man, nothing really happened. But then I read in this other the other thing I read to Jake earlier, they're going for grindhouse feel. And I get that. So I'm gonna give it one more issue. This issue wasn't that good but I do want to kind of see where it goes and I'm hoping the next issue actually something happens. So I'm going to give this a four out of 10, but it's got, it's got hope to be good for the next one. Right on. Okay. I will do moon Knight number four. And this is written by Jed McKay and art is done by Alessandro Capuccio. And first off, what a cool cover. Mm-hmm. We got some tiger on the cover. And, uh, you know, thankfully that wasn't just a cover appearance. She's in the book too, which is really fun. Um, but anyway, she shows up and she's like, 
Hey, Mark, it's been a while, like since we were on West Coast Avengers together. Just I, I saw your your little business thing here and thought I'd come say hello. And uh, they're catching up and whatever. And one of like Jigsaw's cronies, like who doesn't work for Jigsaw anymore, basically hacks uh, Moon Knight's bank accounts, like under the, I think it was the Stephen Grant name, which apparently Stephen Grant has like millions of dollars. So anyway, breaks into his account, calls Moon Knight and is like, check your bank account. I just got rid of a million dollars and I'm going to get rid of more unless you work for me and do as I say. Moon Knight's like, okay, what do you want me to do? So he has him go and like kick the crap out of Jigsaw. And uh, he does that and then just shows up at this guy's like wherever he's located. And uh, the guy's like, what are you doing? Why are you here? I'm going to get rid of all your money. And he's like, well, don't ever threaten me again. And also, I needed somebody to help me track you. And just so it happens, I know a tracker. And, he, and then, like, Tiger's in the window, which was pretty cool. So then uh, uh, Moon Knight takes this guy down, too, and gets his money back or whatever. And then he and Tiger have, like, a pretty cool, like, heart-to-heart on the roof um, where he's just, like, telling her all the heavy stuff that's been going on and why he's trying to, I don't know, make the world a better place after, you know, carving moons into people's heads and helping Khonshu take over the entire earth in his name, you know, that whole thing. And Tiger's like, well, I'll hang out with you and I'm here to be your friend. And then uh, that's just kind of how it ends. It, It was a filler issue, but, I still thought it was really, really good. Like, let me show you. Let me show you Tigra. Cause it's like, you know, th- this is why there are furries. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, stop yeah. making Tigra so hot. <laughs> are you shipping them? I do kind of ship them. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them have kids. So I don't know if she's involved with anybody, but, uh, you know, Moon Knight has always traditionally been with um gosh i feel like such a fake the name was right there moon uh, woman no it was not moon, moon woman, is moon girl his daughter <laughs> no <laughs> oh okay. no um anyway but it would be cool like dude tell me that a moon knight tiger team up book just doesn't sound super cool right it does but it sounds like it'd sell about five issues <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but anyway he was he was involved with tiger back during the uh the mark specter days but uh anyway maybe maybe that's why she is here because i think after like after Moon Knight learned he had a daughter, she was like, "Yeah, don't don't come near us ever again after you help Kanchu take over the world because you're really dangerous." And he's like, "Okay, fair enough." Anyway, it was filler, but it was still really, really, really good filler. So I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Nice man. All right, so next for me is Adventure Man. This is by Matt Fraction and Terry Dotson, and then Rachel Dotson does the inks and. 
it's just really good. So you get some past stuff. A bunch of old folks are waking up. And you also just like see the, I'm always, I can't remember like the main character's name, but she's got the superpowers. And so she was like asleep for, I think they said like three days or 11 days or some crazy number of days. And yeah, so she's like still super strong though and helping people with stuff. And then you might, we might be getting a new superhero showing up, but this book's really, really good. And y'all should be reading it. Because it's, like I said, really, really good. The art in it is incredible. This is a pretty solid story for this issue. Like, yeah, there's not, I can't say enough good things about it. I'm at about an 8 out of 10 on this one. It's just really good. All right. Next, I will do Aquaman and Green Arrow Deep Target number one. It's written by Brandon Thomas. And the art is done by Ronan Cliquette. This was a very weird book. Very weird book. It starts off with some like government agents out in this Montana National Park. And they're setting up this machine. And they push the button. And then boom, like a little baby T-Rex just spawns on that spot. And then the like director guy, or he's like a general, he's like, oh, you know, six or whatever mission number 34 was a success. Let's pack it up, boys. Shoots the baby dinosaur and kills it. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Then it cuts to a green arrow uh, going underwater, getting to Atlantis, taking out some Atlanteans with some special arrows and hand-to-hand combat. And he makes it to the throne room. And who's sitting on the throne but Oliver Queen in Aquaman's suit. And then Green Arrow, I'm doing quotes, takes off the helmet, and it's Aquaman in Green Arrow's suit. And some Freaky Friday stuff happened, and they're swapped now. Um... Arthur does not have his powers. Oliver has Arthur's powers. And now I guess Arthur is really good at archery. So, uh, But anyway, Arthur thinks that Oliver was behind it. And Oliver's like, definitely not behind it. I don't want to be some king down here. Like, I want to be back up there helping the people as Green Arrow He does. wants to be where the people are. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, anyway, Arthur's like, fine, if it wasn't you, let's find out who did this to us. And, um, yeah, then the like government agent general guy, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this. He, he's just like doing some shady stuff behind the scenes and we don't find out what it is. And then it cuts to some place called the Scorpio headquarters. And this guy's there. I don't know who it is or if it's just a new character. But he's like, um, someone radios to him that uh, Green Arrow and Aquaman are awake and they're like alive and working together. And this guy's just like, excellent. Let's make sure we're prepared for him next time. 
and then it says to be continued. So like it was a lot of setup and no questions were answered, but I'm still kind of like intrigued a little bit. So it's like, I'll probably check out the next one just to see if any of this is cleared up. But if I still feel as confused after issue two, then I'll drop it. It wasn't bad by any means, but I am kind of like, well, how did they get their power switched? So my big thing though, is like, why didn't Aquaman and all these body just call Aquaman all, you know, or call Oliver an Aquaman's body. It's not like they're enemies. He didn't have to do all that sneaky stuff. He could have just been like, hey, you and my body? He'd be like, yeah, you and mine? Yeah. Oh, let's try to figure this out. Like they're friends, you know? It's maybe. I maybe, don't disagree with you. Maybe Ollie's just mad. He's like, I used to be the blonde bombshell with a great facial hair, and you're stealing this from me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, dude. I mean,. I think it's it's very unlike Aquaman to just shoot first and ask questions later. Like he's a king. He knows diplomacy. So it's yeah. it's weird that he's like I this must have been Oliver and I'm going to go up there and kick his butt. So yeah. yeah, it's whatever. I'll probably give it a a 6. Like I didn't hate it. I'm just like what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I got you, man. All right, so next up for me, it's going to be Wolverine, issue 17. And this is by uh, Benjamin Percy with um, Lan Medina on the pencils. And these pencils were pretty lacking, in my opinion. Like, they look like the look is cool, but like it, everything seemed posed, if that makes any sense. Like, that's kind of my problem with uh, Gleb, where it's like, these action scenes and like they kind of worked around that with Robin, but they don't work around as well in Wolverine where like he has to be killing people. And it's like, well, like, like right here, it's just kind of like more of a pose and not an action shot. And there's another part too, where like, I mean, like look at Maverick Maverick's shooting his missile and it's just, I don't know. It doesn't, nothing seems like legit. It just all, all seems really posed. Yeah. Look at Domino. This is probably one of one of the worst shots. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, and but like the art is really good. Like if they were doing something where it was just chatty, it'd be really good. But with it being a Wolverine book where action's kind of a must, it's just not the best. But Wolverine, Domino, and Maverick team up to stop these bad guys from dumping a bunch of bad stuff in the water that was going to hurt mutants. And then this whole time, I Wolverine's buddy Sage is. Mm-hmm kind of telling him some stuff that's going on he's been watching this person for wolverine and all of his cia buddies get murdered and he ends up running into maverick because maverick probably was the one that did it so really interesting really cool the sage stuff is where it was at the other kind of wolverine stuff wasn't the best but like that art shined with uh i think his name's sage i could be wrong on that i could be giving the wrong name i'll find out really quick um because he was he's mostly just talking to himself so I want to say it's that, but I'm wrong a lot. Okay, it just says Jeff Banser here. Wolverine called him something at the end, too, because he just gets a note from him. Uh, oh, well. Jeff Bannister. I'll just go by that now, because he yeah, he's missing at the end of it, and it's it's uh, his stuff was the interesting stuff in this, which is kind of sad in a Wolverine book. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. All right. 
Next for me is Hellboy, the Silver Lantern Club, number one. The story was done by Mike McNola and Chris Robertson. And then art was done by both Ben Stenbeck and Christopher Mitten. And this takes place in London uh, in the 50s. And Hellboy's there with this guy. He's like, hey, um, let's go meet my uncle at this uh, tavern. So they get there. And this guy's uncle is like, let me tell you a story about the Silver Lantern Club, which is a club that he was a part of uh, back in the day. Not really sure exactly when that was, but um, anyway, he tells the story and essentially members of the Silver Lantern Club are like ghost hunters and stuff and like do exorcisms and whatnot. And they exercise this demon out of a, a lady. And then the demon, instead of going back to hell, gets stuck in what looks like a record player, like one of the, like a huge, I don't know what you, what they called it back then. Uh, Phonograph. Yeah, sure. And uh, anyway, the demon like is just coming out of this enchanting weird stuff whenever these scientist people are working on this invention. And so the silver lantern club goes there and the demon, like they exercise it from the phonograph, but the demon doesn't go back to hell again. And it's like about to attack them. And then this uncle just like unplugs the machine and that does it. And he's just like, I guess it's like any anything else, like the signal's there, but if it's plugged in, it still has a power source. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. And then at the end, the uncle's like, you know, if you buy us another round, I'll tell you another story from the Silver Lantern Club. And, uh, and then it says to be continued. So I think it's going to be a four-part series. But honestly, dude, this was boring. Yeah. Like I, I don't care about the Silver Lantern Club. I thought like Hellboy was going to do something cool, um, but it's not. Like the whole series, or maybe not. I mean, maybe it'll like at the last, you know, the last issue or two, something happens in real life, like real life. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know if I care enough to read the second, and that's a shame because you know I pretty much read all these at this point. I know that's why I was. I figured you'd still pick it up no matter yeah i don't know i'll flip through it and if it you know if it's just more of this and i'm not gonna read it i'm gonna give it like a three the art wasn't even that good it like you know sometimes mignola picks artists that kind of mimic his style a little bit mm -hmm. and this wasn't even the case so it's just like a bad story and the art wasn't that impressive so dang not man. good i am sorry to hear that yeah Okay, so next for me is um, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 77. And this is by um, Kelly Thompson and Sarah Pacelli. And so this, like, the last two issues I was pretty high on. They had, this, it had the same creative team per each issue. And we talked about this being kind of, a, you know, maybe being a train wreck, getting a new creative team. And we were right, because it's like, it just feels like, 
the other one's amazing spider-man and this is like spectacular spider-man because they don't don't really seem connected like they're connected that the characters are the same but the story doesn't pick up where the last one left off if i remember right the last one left off with spider-man having his like new weapons about to beat up the ufos this one ends with or this one starts with spider-man just training with misty and colleen wing and then it has nothing that doesn't even mention the ufo stuff um except for like peter and mary or mary jane and uh aunt may are worried about peter and we get some morbius ben riley fights morbius it seems like something's going on with ben riley's powers too but yeah it's just kind of like i probably would have liked this if i hadn't already got the other because this doesn't seem the same it doesn't seem connected so yeah it's not not ideal at all i'm gonna get, keep giving this a go but yeah it this was very much a letdown and it's getting into a train wreck territory because it's just kind of like oh this is just two separate series i'll have to wait till the the writers that are doing the story that i like are working on it and then i'll go back to it because yeah and i didn't even like the art the art was not my favorite so for me it's gonna be a six out of ten just pretty disappointing that is disappointing lots of disappointments this week i know <laughs> it's like how my parents feel about me <laughs> all right next for me is cross to bear number one it's written by marco stojanovic and art by sanisa bonovich so sorry to those creators um so yes this is put out by aftershock and while seven swords wasn't really doing it for me this looked interesting enough uh, by the cover that i was willing to give it a shot and also because i just like my aftershock ambassador that comes by my store uh you know try to he's listening yeah i know right um so anyway I have to do what you did, Casey, and read the synopsis because I don't really know how else to tell you what happened in this. But Edgar swore that he was done with the order. But now Edgar has no choice but to do what he promised he never would return to the order and his brother along with it to enact his plan of terrible revenge. So that's going to be the next issue. So essentially, this issue was Edgar's brother comes and finds Edgar and he's like, hey, I know you haven't done anything with the order in like a decade, but I need your help because what I came here for wasn't you, but who I need to find in this area, I can't find because I don't know the terrain like you do. So help me out. Just one last ride. And Edgar's like, no, I'm married. I walked away. And I've had no regrets about walking away. I don't want to do it. And I'm guessing that the next issue, Edgar's wife is going to get murdered. And then Edgar's going to join the order again. And that's going to be his terrible revenge. I don't know what else it could be. Uh, so, yeah, this was like the order is some like ancient like back to Arthurian days because they showed a flashback of like the round table and whatnot, or maybe it's Templars, but um, I don't know. It kind of takes place during like wild west, which I like. Um, 
don't know. I like time pieces and stuff like that, but we'll see what the next issue does. I will read issue two, but this was a little bit weird and it was lots and lots and lots of setup. So hopefully the next issue delivers. And if it doesn't, I will sadly be dropping it. So I'm going to give it just a five out of 10, just middle of the road. Now, did you say how many issues it is altogether? I don't know. I okay. I assume four or five, like most aftershock titles. I gotcha. Okay, so next for me is John uh, is Chu by John Layman and Dan Boltwood. It's John Layman by Chu. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we we get more time travel in this one. It's this is more very much just kind of like oh, this is how. Uh, Saffron met this bad guy and now what they're going to be doing and it was just all kind of like showing past stuff so like it was kind of just so-so this like it could have it should have been better for what it is with Chu and John Lehman and all that stuff for how much I love this stuff so it's kind of a letdown that way so yeah I mean it's like we get a little bit of time travel the art and it's a lot of fun the story itself is fun but just not much happens so it's going to gonna be at another six i think that's three sixes in a row for me so you know spooky season six 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 did you do that on purpose i didn't but you know i was like might as well (laughs) might as well bring it up right so i think i just have the seven that we read together oh okay so really quick i'll talk about daredevil this one let's see if it's gonna break the six curves we'll find out i hope so you love this book <laughs> it's uh chip zadarsky and stefano landini with francisco mobility on the art and so you have uh typhoid mary daredevil and electro daredevil fighting all 30 or i don't know how many all all of the bullseyes they're teaming up but then like typhoid gets married uh gets worried that uh bullseye is gonna yeah she gets married well i mean spoiler alert but uh she gets worried that one of the bullseyes could be going after kingpin because they don't know how many there are so she kind of leaves electra high and dry electra goes and you know finds them and she basically just outsmarts bullseye because bullseye is not very smart and <laughs> kind of goes like you're not good enough to kill me you have to have these extra helpers and you know he's like oh well fine these other bullseyes will do everything i say so bullseyes kill yourselves and so they just both kill each other and so so that he can prove he's strong enough to kill electra which you know spoiler alert Electra's awesome and you know we get like matt murdoch shows back up and then the cops want to arrest him and you know they the other superheroes on the scene are kind of telling them like yay he's okay and which it's like i i can get why the cops are like no he's still a fugitive like we can bring him back in and doesn't have to go to jail but you know we need to take him into holding until a judge sorts it out because we're trying to do our job you guys aren't you know um technically legal so it'd be nice if you just let us do our job so we can get home to our families but you know they 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 were trying to give the cops a little bit you know like like trying to make them a little bit worse than you know what they were like the, the one that was yelling at them was kind of being a jerk for you know for someone that deals with superheroes all the time he's being a little bit too much of a jerk but otherwise it was such a great issue we also get a proposal and you know i'm not gonna say who 
but you know, it's going to be a great wedding. Nothing bad's going to go wrong. I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. <laughs> Who is it though? I want to know. I mean, we've, you've, you've seen the solicitations. You already know who's who the two characters that are going to get married. I have forgotten, but that's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, like one's like really good at bowling. The other one might have typhoid fever. <laughs> oh goodness that, that was so smooth <laughs> all right what order are we doing this then i okay can i suggest since it's of course halloween that we end on dc versus vampires i wanted to end on the, the long halloween because that was my favorite okay well you know what i love you and we can end on that one okay because i mean this it, like i said it's my favorite comic i read this week so all right so let's do long halloween last this is how you're stacking up your books okay DC versus vampires okay uh, wonder girl task force z robin the becoming and the detective oh, i don't have detective bud oh okay did you forget <laughs> it or did you drop it uh i forgot it like i forgot it a few times now and i just kind of and like i don't remember the last issue i read because i remember like just forgetting it and then i think i finally saw it but since it comes out like twice a month it throws me off oh, and it's not well, good it's not as good as action that. comic Okay, uh, then yeah, let me talk about that real quick. It's written by uh, Tamaki and Hearthstone by Dan Mora. So uh, the last issue, the mayor, uh, Nakano, like it's, there's like a cave-in. And so he and Batman are both dropped like, I don't know, like 20 feet under the Gotham sewers in the cave systems so batman's trying to save him and um then batwoman is like taking care of this criminal who's taken over city hall in the mayor's absence and that's casey where i sent that one cool panel from oh okay um and then yeah there's like you know the classic the rocks have fallen in the cave-in between Batman and Nakano and Batman's like, I'll, I'll get you out of there soon. But it turns out on Nakano's side are the little seeds that vile plants that infect people or whatever, the little alien creatures. <laughs> yep. And so they start to take over Nakano and <laughs> Batman <laughs> he busts through the rocks and he's just like water so then he shoots his uh, his grapple gun up and suspends himself in the air and while Nakano's being like eaten alive by these things in the water he then shoots I guess out of some sort of like stun gun into the water and like just full on electrocutes the mayor <laughs> to kill these little creatures and uh, then Batman's trying to do CPR on him. And then it's just like to be continued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and man, 
I like Tamaki and I love Dan Mora and Jordi Belair on the colors, but it's like, dude, how long are we going to do this stupid vile storyline? I don't care anymore. I know. I don't care. I don't think either of us have cared like four issues ago. I know, man. But now they're keep. I mean, it's just like, I don't really know what this had to do with fear state. Because it's a fear state tie-in, other than the fact that those dudes take over City Hall and, like, the magistrate's units are, like, trying to bust down the door. But then Batwoman goes in there and takes care of it. But here's the stupidest part. Batwoman goes in as herself. All right? She goes in as herself. And then the guy's like... This place belongs to Nero, which is himself. It's like, and you will pay for your ignorance, wench. She goes, oh, I guess I made a mistake. Or maybe you did. And then it cuts to this. So it's like, they know your identity now. And I don't think that's public. Is it? Well, did I thought she just, I thought the red hair was always a wig. So I, I was assuming. So I was assuming she wasn't being 100% Kate. She was being, you know. I don't know. I mean, maybe she's wearing it here, but if I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Does she, like, ever say, howdy, I'm Kate, and I'm here to kick your butt? Because that would have been pretty great, especially with that southern accent. No, she doesn't do that. But, dude, like, Batwoman's hair is way longer than Kate's hair. switching between scenes so i don't know what's going on but either way i was just like that's dumb yeah yeah i don't know this is like a five for me because like the art's good but it's just like okay so batman electrocutes the mayor and it's like he tells he's having a conversation with nakano between this wall and Nakano's like, I don't trust you. Go get my men to come down here and get me. And Batman's like, but there, there's cave-ins. Like, you would risk all those people's lives to save your one life. It's like, you're just going to have to trust me to get you out of here. But then he's like, the average human can survive 10 volts. Well, this is a lot more than that. He says that. That's and electrocutes hilarious. the mayor and then he's doing cpr he's like get up get up and it's like what if he doesn't what if he just killed the mayor i know <laughs> so that I'm that's not bodies <laughs> i know that's not gonna happen but tamaki should like write this better you know what yeah. i mean she's like, a better writer than that she is it's like dude so you would risk just killing this guy because i'm pretty sure that would send Batman into a spiral that he would not come out of, dude. Yeah, he doesn't have Alfred to hide that, you know, to like be like, no, no, he's just sleeping, Master Bruce. And he'd be like, okay, good. I was worried. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, it's poor writing. And I hate to say it because yeah. I love this creative team, but it's like, dude, I might have to drop this until the next story arc takes place because this just sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm just going to keep it dropped until the next story because i yeah that was bad yeah all right man so you ready to oh wait yeah you gave it a rating um so you ready to talk about aquaman the becoming i am take it away okay so i'm trying to find the creative team i was hoping you'd say a little bit more but like oh yeah i'm 
really excited to hear about this guy fishing. Okay, so it's okay. So the creative team is Brandon Thomas with Diego Oloro Tegua and Skylar Patridge on the pencils. And Brandon Thomas does a really good job of writing Mira in this. I liked her so much and uh jackson's pretty cool my one knock for me personally is there's a story part that like there's a speedster that gets introduced and jackson's mom breaks free and then it's like cuts away and then we don't really know what happens from her getting there to that house there's no mention of the speedster again that was a little annoying but what do you think of this man i liked it but i had two things that i thought were stupid the first one is how the atlantean officers are talking they're just like, normally the Atlanteans are like, they present themselves in like a more stoic manner, I guess. And these guys are like, come on, man. Yeah, man. You know, it's just like a weird, like they don't talk like that. Part of me thinks there's more to them than, you know, just being like Atlantean guards or whatever, you know? So like, I don't, I don't think they're on the up and up is basically what I'm trying to say, you know? So like, I hope that's the case because like the guy's just like, Oh bro, come on Tanner. Like get your stuff together, man. We're doing an interrogation and it's just not good. But, and then the other thing was this scene right here, Casey. Yeah. It's pretty dang goofy. It looks stupid. And then you're just going to be driving this motorcycle and have your infant like in an open faced cockpit. Like anything could fly up and just take out your baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's terrible. <laughs> I, I just want to know where she got it. Like, she's just like, yep. Time to hit the aqua bike. <laughs> I know. Right. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, I thought all that was just so stupid, but apart from that, like it's still good. Merit is written. Well, I think Jackson's written well, and I'm still in it. So I'm probably at a seven on this. Yeah, no, th- when I was reading this, I was like, this is kind of the epitome of a seven. So that's where I'm at too. Okay. All right. So then next, uh, we will talk about Robin. And this was written by Joshua Williamson. And then art was done by Gleb Melnikov and Max Dunbar. So Casey, how'd you feel about this one? Oh, it's pretty fun. We get some, like for like the last bit of fights, it's still, they don't do much in the way of fights and the fights themselves don't look the best because I'm still not a big fan of Gleb's fighting stuff. And then you also like, I'm interested in seeing who that, uh, Deathstroke ripoff kid is and any ideas on who that could be because I don't have any and I don't man I thought it, I thought this was going to be the unmasking and I was stoked yeah. but the mystery lives on and then Connor Hawk and him at the end it's like man I don't want them to job out Connor to Damien like goodness I'm hoping that something happens in the middle of the fight where we don't get to see the end yeah, and then I hope to see like, or at least the series of the arc they do the Rocky, uh, the Rocky, what is it, two mm-hmm. ending or mm-hmm. three or where they're walking together to the ring, and hope that's how that's how it goes. Yeah, same. 
but I, I still, I like all the side characters. You know, I think Flatline's great. I love Ravager, um, Connor, obviously. And now we know who Madam Soul is. That was an interesting take. But, you know, even though, like, the, the fight scenes aren't fluid and look great, I still think he's a good artist. Um, no, it's it's one of those things where he does, like, I think Josh Williamson's working towards his strengths in this series because it's, like, the stuff where it's, like, him talking and all this other stuff, it is really good. It's just fight scenes are not his strong point, and it shows with a book about fighting. <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, maybe that's why Roger Cruz has taken over. Who knows? Yeah. That'd be funny. The next next things is just like Robin learning how to make like a really nice cup of coffee. <laughs> and it's just like, why not keep Gleb for this one? <laughs> uh, but I'm probably, you know, I've been down on a lot of books this week. I'm going to give this one a nine. I really love this book. Really? Wow. Yeah, I'm at about a seven for this one too. I like it okay, but it did not you know nowhere near a nine for me okay okay so next up is task force z z for zombie uh it's by matthew rosenberg and eddie barrows on the pencils and yeah i like that rosenberg actually lists, he pays attention to continuity and doesn't let jason use a gun in this uh any take big takeaways from this besides crazy quilt being crazy cool <laughs> um you know this this is one of the few times where i don't think jason is written poorly you know no he like the the jokes that he cracks are actually funny mm-hmm. and uh I just feel like if Jason were actually thrown into this insane situation, that this is probably how he'd act. And also, uh, I liked Mr. Bloom, and I didn't think that yeah. I would care for that character at all. So, yeah, he was fun. And uh, it's it it's just like since I didn't get to read some of the backups for the Task Force Z stuff, it's like I'm because I miss how he got here. So like, I'm kind of like tossed in, but I did like it. I was a little disappointed with parts of it. Like, you know, the fact that it seems like all of the zombies are going to die. It's like, how are they going to bring back a crushed um, man bat, you know, like a shattered man bat and all that stuff. It's like, are they just going to glue them back together? Like, how's that going to work? Honestly, dude, I bet they just like, dump all the pieces into a vat of that Lazarus resin and they'll yeah. probably like fix itself or whatever. I gotcha. Um but yeah, I you know I thought this was pretty neat. The the Lazarus edibles I think are a unique take to like That's hilarious. keep them all in line. But I thought it was neat, man. Probably you know I wanted dumb like Halloween fun. And that's what this was. So um, it's probably a seven for me, but it's like a strong seven. Yeah, I'm at an eight. I liked it a lot. I thought it was good fun. And I like Rosenberg. Yeah. Okay. So next we've got Wonder Girl, number four. And this was written and drawn by Joelle Jones. And then it looks like uh, she had some help from Adriana Mello on the art as well. 
So I I like this a lot. Um, I'm what I'm mostly confused about is it it seems like it seems like there's a, a missing issue that really shows like why she just up and left everything to go and and be here and like train as the champion. Like I know that she was struck by that arrow and that kind of had like an entrancing effect on her. Um, but man, it, it just, it just feels like something's missing a little bit. Yeah, I get that. And I don't know this issue for me personally, like the art is amazing. And this art is kind of covering up the fact that I didn't really care much for the story. Uh, cause it's like, it jumps around so much. She's like, Oh, I'm gonna, before I decide if I'm gonna make this decision, I gotta go see this guy I care about a lot. And you know, she goes and sees him spending time with him. Then like this and Amazon dude, pops I, up and then that, she's like, that well, drove me nuts too, because they're about. like on go this big hunt for that three issues and then they get there and, I and so it's like these a other one two sentence too. interaction. It's crazy. I'm really and popular. They're gone. And it was just so much flipping around. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, this issue is by far the weakest yeah. one that this series has had because they've all been like bangers. Uh, and yeah, so like this tough. one's is kind of like and, and like I was the, so let another down. thing too. And that's really gonna show in my rating because the others have been she's so good. like doing all this training and it's not working out. And she stands real sad like in the rain, and then the horse is like, All right, I'm sorry for bullying you. We can be friends. And then all of a sudden she's amazing at everything. And that kind of bugged me. It's like, why like what was the turning point? Was it just the horse being friends? Like I I don't know. Yeah, man, I get that. I will say though, it does make some sense with it being like because i mean that's also like a that's first off with the you know being sad and not trying to get the horse anymore the horse coming to her it that's like it sounds like it's something that would happen like a greek story you know or it's like oh she couldn't get the pegasus until she opened you know showed her sadness to the pegasus and then it was like let's be friends some stupid stuff like that you know yeah and then with as far as being good at stuff it's that makes sense too because it's like oh once you get over that first hurdle the other stuff's going to start coming easier to you and easier to you. It's just, it's like, it, I can, I can see why that, how that works. I'm not going to say it's good writing because I'm not convinced it is. I'm just saying like why I can understand why they did it that way. Yeah. It's fair enough. And like, I guess, I guess like dogs and cats are kind of like that. Sometimes we're like, come here. And they want nothing to do with you until you stop paying attention to them. And then they come over to you. Yeah. Um, but still, um, I have a feeling you're going to be a lot harsher than I am. Mm -hmm. I'm probably at like a seven for it. I'm only at a five. I mean, not, not that much harsher, but still, it was just kind of like, this is a letdown. You are normally a nine or a 10. So this is book, you know, the art can only do so much, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. So next up is DC versus vampires. This is by James Tynan and Rosenberg with where is the art with, um, Otto Schmidt on the art. What'd you think, man? Honestly, dude, I loved it. Really? Yeah. Like the humor was good. I didn't see the twist coming. 
the you know the mm-hmm. the colored the big colored twist there and then i really 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 like that they used the character i vampire because i read that new 52 series and liked it a whole lot and it was really cool to see him since then really yeah but art was cool and i kind of dig the setup yeah i'm interested i just don't like i'm just gonna spoil it i don't like that they made Hal a vampire because it doesn't really make any sense how he could have been bit unless it was in his sleep maybe we'll get that explanation or they'll just be like no no don't ask questions you're not supposed to ask questions about this part I wondered that too and also in my head I don't like you know way more about Green Lantern stuff than I do I was thinking like wouldn't the ring know he was bit and compromised and then like shoot off of him yeah he'd no longer be able to overcome great fear you know whatever so that's that's been that's my main knock to it and it's also like i don't know it's crazy to me that only hal jordan knew that there was a vampire on their doorstep and then like no one really cared to ask questions about it until way late you know like way like right after he murdered you know blended up their friend and dumped him down the drain so (laughs) (laughs) that was a little weird but other than that, i did like it well, okay. Well, give me give me some specifics that you liked. Uh, I liked the art a lot. I did like the the secondary twists at the end. I thought it was interesting with um, Lex's blood that whole part, and just the concept itself is a really neat concept that has me here for at least three issues. I think my favorite part was Lex saying make sure the world knows it was me oh yeah that was perfect (laughs) so so good and plus we get to see alfred again and that was just nice yeah i agree but man the flashback scene like oh the art is just so Mm -hmm. so cool i loved it absolutely loved it so i'm looking forward to more this was probably my second favorite of the week for sure i'm gonna give it a nine I'm at an eight, so I'm a little bit more of a curmudgeon than you, apparently. But, you know, I still liked it. Right on. And finally, we've got Batman The Long Halloween Special. And this is written by Jeff Loeb with art by Tim Sale. And I'll throw in the colorist, too, which is Brennan Wagner. But you said you really liked it, man, so go ahead and take the floor. Okay, so first I'll say, like, the f- one thing that I didn't like is if you remember in dark victory, he had just gotten Robin. And so like Robin was kind of a big part in this one. It's still kind of him just dealing with having Robin and trusting him still. And it's like, he should have been over that with dark victory. That being said, nothing bad about this. Other than that, we get, you know, like Jeff Loeb just needs to write Julian day all the time. He makes him so good. So creepy. So cool. We get Harvey Dent who Jeff Loeb should also write a lot too. Cause he does that so well. And it's also, we kind of get, you know, we get more like a kind of a for sure thing of what happened in the long Halloween. Cause they, it was always kind of vague, not super vague, but you know, like who was the holiday killer, you know, like, and then like now Batman knows who the real holiday killer was and all that stuff. Just so awesome. I loved it. I love, I love the other one so much. And this is like a good, good sequel, not just a cash grab. And I mean, it's so much better than the animated movie that I started watching. That's just oof, rough. Right. Um, I've not seen the movie, but uh, nobody has said like 
overwhelmingly positive things. <laughs> it's it's also one of those things where they went a really cheap route to animate it, and there's a lot of it where it's just kind of like, like the the amount of movements very similar to that of an archer of like Archer, where it's like it's fine in Archer where they don't move a lot, but in a Batman you want them to move, you know, and like it's just ugh, it's not very good. Like the voice right. acting's good, but the story it's and then like they they're like we know better than the comic book writers. We're going to do our own thing with the story of this beloved comic that we're using right. the name of for some reason though. Yeah. But did you, what'd you like about this besides, you know, the art? <laughs> so, man, I was really worried going into this. Mm-hmm. Same. I was like, this doesn't need to be made. And I haven't liked what Jeff's written lately. So I don't think this is going to be that good. Uh, but it was, it was really good. I, I like how he writes Gordon. I like how he writes Dent. Uh, Batman's fine because it's written during a specific time in Batman's career. Um, the Julian, oh, the sorry, really quick. One thing that I loved too that I just remembered I didn't want to forget is the uh, Barbara and Robin scene. Mm-hmm. That was so great. Yeah, ahead, I loved sorry. him saying, uh, "Tell Barbara that she's cool." <laughs> Um, but yeah, Julian like dressing up as a priest and then all of his minions doing the month song. I'm like, dude, this is so weird. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It was awesome though. Uh, but yeah, I liked all of it. And I don't know. I think it ended nicely too. Like it, yeah. it was just a, it was a really good one shot. I liked it. And it, it kind of gave me hope that they're going to be doing more because it's like the end for now. So mm-hmm. I'm like, let's hope we get like a Superman for all seasons this coming year too. That wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. But yeah, and then you know, Grundy's sacrifice there was was sad and and tugged at the old heartstrings too, because it's hard not to like that big dummy sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, what well, what would you rate it? Surprising no one. I'm at a 10. I think I'm also there to 10, man. Like I, this really caught me by surprise and was really good. Okay, buddy. Well, what are you excited for next week? Cause I haven't looked over the email yet. So I need to well, do that. it doesn't go out till tomorrow. So oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's why I haven't looked it over. Yeah. But I did get my DC stuff early. So I can tell you three DC books that or, I am excited. I mean, if you for. want, we can just, you can just email me a, audio recording of you saying what you're excited about and all this do mine and we'll put it in and post if you want oh sure i mean do you want me to say it now or not you can if you want i was just saying we can if there's other titles that come out that you're like oh i know i think these three would be my three choices anyways cool um so one is gonna be static uh static number four and then um that Arkham City Order of the World number two. That first one was so creepy. I'm so stoked for this second issue. And then I'm hesitant to say it, but I can't help be stoked for this. Dark Knights of Steel number one. <laughs> I think you're going to like it. I mean, Tom Taylor's bread and butter is out of continuity stuff. So this is going to be about perfect. Yeah. And then mine will go in right here. So I'd say I'm most excited for uh, the Death of Doctor Strange tie-in Avengers. I've just been really loving that event. 
Primordial. I'm excited to see where that goes. And then uh, Teen Titans. Been loving that. So back to you guys at the studio. Okay, so Fantastic Four time, man. Halloween. Halloween today. So give me what would be your four Halloween characters? I'm being very vague with this. Like, and tell me, you think they'd be more likely to trick you or they'd accept the treat? Yeah, so the first one that comes to mind is my favorite uh, comics horror character, and that is Werewolf by Night. And I, I'm i going to go more of the, the trick route here. And by oh. trick, I mean he'd probably try to eat me because he, <laughs> can't, he can't always control himself. Well, heck, you're a treat in of yourself, man. Oh, silver tongue devil. <laughs> um. And then next, one of my other favorites, I we just talked about him, I Vampire. Um, but I don't think he'd try to eat me. I think he'd accept a treat as long as it was like blood flavored. <laughs> um, and then one that was kind of out of left field, but I think works is Blue Devil. And uh, I think he'd definitely accept the treat. He seems like a cool enough guy, right? Yeah, I mean, he'd probably trick you if you're giving out fun size, but if you're giving full size, he's going to for sure accept those. Yeah. And then finally, Blade. I think that he would be short with me, but would otherwise... I mean, he'd still, he still wants a treat. Yeah, he'd be like, you got Reese's? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? So uh, Frankenstein from DC. DC's Frankenstein, not Marvel's. I'd go with him. Yeah, you know, he's he's one. I'd say he's a he's a treat lover for sure. And then um, Scarecrow from Marvel, not DC, and he's gonna be tricking you. He's gonna be trying to get oh, you yeah. riled up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Jack O' Lantern again. He's a bad guy. He's gonna be doing a he's gonna be doing a trick. And then the last one's gonna be Demo Goblin. And I think he's gonna treat. He's gonna be like he might be like I'm gonna rip your you know, I'm going to use my flaming sword and cut your head off or something. But then he'll be like, okay, cats, king size. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Don't worry. You don't have to worry about anything there. And I love Kit Kats. So I'd be right there with them. Do you break them or do you just like a monster? Just eat it? <laughs> <laughs> so usually I break them, but a funny story. So, uh, I still ask customers to wear a mask inside my store and uh, I was digging into a, a Kit Kat because I had bought some candy for the Halloween, uh, like just to set out for the Halloween books and I had my mask down and I just opened it and I heard the door. I was like, oh crap. So I just shoved the whole thing in my mouth and ate it really quick, which I feel like is just barbaric for Kit Kats. But yeah. you know. I, I love just open up a, like the, the full pack and just eating it just like not even breaking up just eating it normal <laughs> made a kid oh, cry man. doing that one time <laughs> all right folks i think that is the end of the episode so let's do the closing plugs uh if you would go to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give the page a like you can also find us on twitter at two underscore worlds underscore pc your dogs are really going nuts today. Yeah, they <laughs> love spooky season. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Two Worlds Pod. You can email us at Two Worlds Podcast at gmail.com. 
And please, if you would go to the YouTube channel, uh, subscribe, you know, leave a comment, tell us tell who us your, your favorite yeah, spooky character is. <laughs> and uh, also, how do you eat your Kit Kats? Tell us that. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. And your, how you eat M&Ms. That's another fun one. But uh, we'd love to stay in chat. No, you just dump the whole bag in your mouth. You, you already do one at a time. Uh, but we'd love to stay in chat. But Jake's got to electrocute me so we can go get some candy. Bye, guys. See ya.